Welcome to the Breaking Into Finance podcast. My name is Craig Thompson, and this is the open source field guide to help you understand everything you need to know about breaking into finance. Let's dive in. Hello, I am so glad you're here. You've taken the red pill and you're ready to learn everything you'll need to break into finance. Let's start by talking about what I'll call the path. Capital T, capital P, the path. This is the dream scenario where you've attended the right schools, you started preparing for your interviews on time, you sequenced your summer experiences correctly, and you excelled at your job every step of the way. Maybe you already know someone who is on the path. Or maybe you don't, and there's a boogeyman in your head of a financial engineering major from Princeton with perfectly combed hair, Warby Parker glasses, and a tie knotted in the perfect half-Windsor. Goldman Sachs receives over one quarter million applications for less than a thousand investment banking analyst roles every year. With the odds stacked against you, it's easy to feel overwhelmed by the sense that you're trying to differentiate yourself against an army of these boogeymen. But let me tell you the most important thing to know about the path. It's a myth. It's a myth. I'm not saying that a few of these people don't exist. But I am saying that that cohort of boogeymen might soak up maybe a hundred or so jobs at the most, which still leaves thousands of elite, best of the best jobs still up for grabs for folks like you and me. The most important thing to know about the path is that only a tiny fraction of elite finance professionals actually followed the path from start to finish to get to where they are. I didn't take a direct route to the path, and it's a vanishingly small number that actually do. So no matter what stage of your career you're in, a recurring theme that we're going to emphasize over the course of interviews with real professionals is that more often than not, they created their own path and found their own way onto the capital T, capital P, the path. And we're going to help you build yours as well. But I do want to spend some time talking about what the path looks like because it will help orient you to where you are today and chart your own route to where you find the path and how to get on it. The Wall Street focused message boards have some funny takes about the path that it you know starts at daycare. And I think one of one of the jokes is about feeling fortunate being born in a target hospital where you know 12% of the babies go on to make partner. And my opinion is that the path really starts in the spring of your freshman year of undergrad. Some would argue that it even starts in high school because going to an elite college with a strong alumni network is a big help. But I've seen enough people on the path from different backgrounds to actually think that the school you attend is actually somewhat overrated as long as you follow the other steps. To follow the path from its inception, you'd spend February, March, or April of your freshman year finding a small finance or investment firm that doesn't post any internships to job boards, but you find a way to convince them to let you do an unpaid internship, or maybe it is paid where you spend 8 to 10 weeks shadowing a finance professional. Hopefully they let you do some work for them, but maybe you're literally just attending meetings and trying to absorb as much information as possible. The goal here is not to make money, but rather just to get any sort of experience that you can put on a resume and bonus points if you actually learn something. Then, during the fall or winter of your sophomore year, you'll line up another similar internship for the upcoming summer between your sophomore and junior year. If you want to get greedy, this would be a role at a prestigious financial institution. Now, it could be in the operations division at a top-tier investment bank. It could be at a private equity firm or a hedge fund that manages $10 billion or more in assets. 
And by the way, if you Google firm name and then the letters AUM, which stands for Assets Under Management, you should be able to find the information about how many assets a particular fund that you've never heard of manages. Now, the primary goal here is to get a big name firm on your resume. The secondary goal is to work in the right division or group at that firm. And we'll talk more later about how to know what the right group is or what that even means. The tertiary goal is to try to learn something really tangible and helpful. But I say that's only tertiary because funny story, if you're on the path, a lot of these folks are securing their next internship between their junior and senior year before they even start their sophomore internship. Now remember I said pathwalkers get their sophomore internships in the fall or winter of their sophomore year. And I said that because they're spending the spring of their sophomore year lining up their junior year internship. That's right, it's totally nuts. Lining up an internship 14 months before it begins. And that's three internships lined up before the deadline that most schools have for making students declare your major. So it's totally crazy, it's super intense, I just want to familiarize listeners with what that version of the path looks like. Moving on to the junior internship, this is not just any internship. If you're on the path, this is in the classic or M&A group at a bulge bracket bank or elite boutique investment bank. And we'll talk again more about what M&A or boutique investment bank, we'll talk a lot more about that jargon and how to differentiate between opportunities. But for now, just keep in mind that not only does the firm matter, the group that you're in matters, and it matters a lot. And I should say, it goes without saying, almost, that pathwalkers at this stage have an exceptional GPA, and they're starting to take leadership positions at clubs and school. These are additional resume items that will help them break through the noise in interviews and get selected by the right institutions. Now, by the time that pathwalkers have secured their prestigious junior year internship, the focus shifts from grades in school to hands-on learning and performance reviews at work. The most important traits that pathwalkers at this stage have are, in order, work ethic, attention to detail. They might make mistakes pretty often, but they never repeat those same mistakes. They care not only about the quality of the analysis, but also the aesthetics and the form of the presentation. And they demonstrate strong intellectual curiosity where they're just very into the subject matter that they're discussing. A dream intern will work until the job's done. They'll print out every page and review every number and every word with a pen or pencil in hand before submitting it. As I mentioned before, inevitably they'll make hundreds if not thousands of mistakes, but they'll learn from each one, ask relevant follow-up questions, and never make the same mistake twice. They'll make sure the work not only is of high quality, but that it also looks high quality. Now, if you already have a junior internship before beginning the sophomore internship, the goal for that sophomore internship is to learn and understand the threshold of quality needed to show well. In your classes, 90% is an A-, it's not perfect, but it's a great job. But when you're working, anything less than 100% is incomplete with room for improvement. Now, the goal of the junior internship, your only goal, is getting the full-time offer. And I've heard people say weird things sometimes about quotas or, you know, places that target a yield where they're only going to give offers to two-thirds of the interns and you feel like maybe you're working not just against your fellow interns but on a quota. Don't worry about that. At Goldman, generally speaking, everyone that does good work gets an offer. There are no quotas that lead to great interns getting cut. Trust me, 
If you focus on your own work product, you get along well with your teams, and you're perceived as a supportive colleague, you will get the offer. And so this section of the path concludes with beginning your first full-time job as an analyst. And that's part one of the path. We'll talk next time about exit opportunities from these analyst roles and the range of career paths that this version of the path unlocks. But before that, on the next episode, I'm going to speak with a few very successful finance professionals that started off away from the path, but beat the odds to find their way onto it anyway. Like I said before, the idea that if you're off the path and it's too late for you is a fallacy. You can do it. I did it. Plenty of other professionals have done it. And I hope that these next episodes will give you the confidence to feel like it's not too late, as well as some strategies for how to find your way back to the path and maximize your strengths. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to check out our website, breakingintofinancepodcast.com, where you can submit questions, join our Substack to stay up to date on new content releases, and much, much more. We'll see you next time.